introduction. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of The Average Critics. We're two-manning it today. It's just Obi and I. Um, the way it was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, through thick and thin. Um, <laughs> Even though you went cinema about me. Well, <laughs> look, I finished work early and it was 5.20 showing. No excuses. And I know that no you excuses. don't get to East Croydon till about 6. No excuses. You so, could have asked. there's me being a considerate friend. No. You could have asked. A considerate friend would have asked. No, because I I know you and I know your work schedule, so I didn't even want to, you know, because otherwise you'd have rejected me. That's debatable. I, I might have, I might have looked work early for you, Ken. You don't know. Nah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> what, what what cinema did you go to? You went to Beckenham. Beckenham. Oh, okay. Yeah. About and you? I saw you actually get off at the tram stop yesterday. Um, yesterday. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was going to the gym. So I know that you wouldn't have made it <laughs> at 5.20. <laughs> well, I might have left for you early for you, Glenn, just saying. Well, we'll talk about that film later because we've seen both of those. Um, but first, uh, I guess, a, a bit of film news. Um, so there's been another Star Wars announcement. Yeah. So on top of um, the director, Rian Johnson, who did Last Jedi, he's getting a trilogy of movies. That was announced way back in like oh, what, December. In another trilogy yeah. after this. Out, so, so it's we've outside. got one more. We've got one more in this. Yeah, at least. And one. then after that, he's gonna do three films. Or, yeah. Or he's gonna do two films because he's already done one. No, he's gonna do three. So oh. it's but it's not gonna be with. He's not gonna be like episode 10, 11, 12. Right, it's yeah. gonna be a separate kind of like a Rogue One. Oh, I see. Sort of okay. sitch. Um, which there's no details about that, but mm-hmm. he's got a trilogy. And then Benny Oss and Vice, who are the uh, Showrunners for Game of, mm. Game of Thrones, they've got a trilogy. Um, Souls. Yeah. Bloody and then now John John Favreau, who's directed things like The Jungle Book and Iron Man, mm. um, he has got a TV series. TV Are we getting too saturated? Yeah, I think that I think they're announcing all of this way too like yeah because like, what's that? That's what six films. Six films. Plus the one we know is going to come out after the the Last Jedi. Plus the Han Solo film and any other, like, those little spin-offs that they plan to do. It's just a lot of, you know, like, I just think, like, I don't, I don't think about, because obviously I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I don't think about all those lists of films and think, oh yeah, I'm excited to see all those. Like, yeah, no, no, me neither. Like, especially, the, like, the TV series, maybe, because they might do, like, them, I don't know, but only if they kind of, like, I don't, make it kind of, like, more adult, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think they will. No, if they do it like the Marvel Netflix TV shows, yeah. like they focus on a minor character, yeah. um, you know, and see how they develop. But, you know, something like even one that we might have already seen, like Mace Windu, who yeah. like Samuel Jackson played in the uh, new one, two, and three. Mm. Um, you know, that might be all right, but yeah, it's getting far too saturated. How mm. can you announce a trilogy of films when you don't know whether the first one's going to be successful? Exactly. I think... I mean, because it's Star Wars, isn't it? So they know that. Because, like, obviously, I think for Star Wars, if it makes, like... Because it could make, like, 800 million or whatever, and for them, that would be bad. But yeah. in relation to any other film, that would be pretty pretty decent. So I think they'll just keep... Because they know Star Wars is such a big thing, such a massive fan base, they can just keep rolling out films. Yeah. It's like Marvel. You can just... They, they, they've got... Maybe, but the time's probably limited, but they, they've got probably, like, a good, like, 10-year window where they can just keep rolling out films and literally... No one will like not go to see it unless like they roll out like three consecutive crap films, mm. and even then there will still be people saying that they love it because even like the Last Jedi, um, 
the on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that, people were like rating it pretty highly. And then obviously you come to when I talked to other people about it, like <laughs> I don't think I met one person who thought, oh yeah, I thought it was really good. I think I was like, I think I probably rated it highest out of all the people I've spoken to. About yeah, it. but then you're the least kind of attached exactly. to the Star Wars franchise. Um, well, talking to Marvel, they've officially announced Black Panther two, which mm. we all kind of knew and expected. I mean, I don't think I it's, it's not past a billion quite yet. Um, as far as I'm aware, mm. but you know, obviously it's been a huge success. Yeah, so, what would you want to see from a Black Panther two in an ideal world? Um, I want to see a bit more of Wakanda, um, just like exploring maybe different, maybe some different tribes. Because obviously we saw, um, even to be fair, we didn't really see T'Challa's tribe all that much, really. No, we kind of saw his like council of um, you know his king's council, or whatever. But we didn't really explore his tribe. I might like to see a bit of that. Obviously, we saw like the Jabari tribe within Baku and all them lot. So I don't know, maybe like you know, see different factors or sections. Um, I don't know. What else would I like to see? Mm. A bit more of Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah. Although I think he won't be in the. Ne- I don't know why. I feel like he won't be in the next film. I hope he is. I feel like he could be one of those, you know, antagonist protagonists. Switch yeah. between ally yeah. and foe. Like that would be quite a good. Yeah. Good, you know, a bit. I know we said it with Killmonger, but a bit Loki-ish mm. in that respect. I'd like to see how um, T'Challa develops as a king, like ruling and stuff like that, because obviously he's got to do it kind of like by himself now. Um, I hope they don't, because I, I, I feel like they're going to set it outside of Wakanda, so it's going to be like in America, basically, probably, and stuff like that. I hope they don't do that. If they do, I hope it's like, you know, limited. Sort yeah. Because I kind of do want them to keep it on that side. Because I'm sure there's loads of different, you know, stories and characters that they could explore to do Black Panther all in that you know in that area yeah definitely um, so I would like to see a bit more of that you know but I'm looking forward to it though like I just hope they don't go I have a feeling that maybe because this happens a lot with second film I feel like the second film might not be as strong as the as the first film yeah but although a lot of people would argue that Winter Soldier is better true, than true, First true. Avenger most people would probably argue that to be honest and I think they do have Ryan Coogler again okay so which obviously like the continuation is, yeah. is important for that would you like to see Michael B. Jordan in the second film yeah 100% like I really liked Killmonger as yeah. a character um, do you not think if he was it would undercut the second film the first film a little bit um not Really, mm. I mean, it depends. Like, I, do you know what? Actually, I feel like if he like turned up right at the end or something, mm. then I'd be alright with it mm. because I think they should focus in on a different antagonist. But then I think if they do a Black Panther two, and like you, I would like it to be set more in Wakanda because I would like to see how do normal Wakandans mm. live. You know, just as as a country, as a city, or you know, is Wakanda the name of the city as well as the country or you know, all that yeah. sort of questions you might have about a nation that you know is doesn't exist in real life but you know there must be some sort of mythology behind it mm. um and but then if they don't do that which again like you i think they might make a bit more international i'd either like to see a focus on the uh spies they have mm. across the world or kind of keep it like a political thriller in a sense and you know how how his international relations work now that Wakanda is a bit more open to trade mm. so I think it'd be interesting and uh, at least at least Black Panther's going to be in phase four yeah well so, yeah so we know he's not dying well we knew he wasn't dying anyway but you know 
we know now for sure that he's not dying. But um, I'm trying to think, who would the villain be? If, well, if it's not Kilmore, what I mean. Well, he wanted, the director wanted Craven the Hunter. Right. Which he said, they said no. Mm. Um, like Kevin Feige said no, which I don't know whether he fits into Spider-Man a bit more. But... I think I remember Chris saying he was a Spider-Man villain. Okay. I think. But then you never know. It could be could be Daniel Kaluuya's character. It could be, actually. It could be. And I wouldn't mind that because... I mean, his profile as an actor's gone. Exactly. And I think he's definitely capable of taking on that role. And I feel like he has got... He has got um, a quality in the sense that he plays likeable characters. But then obviously, like, he could kind of, like... be like, It's a bit like Loki, like, likeable character, but he's doing a... A shit thing. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a being a villain, but you can kind of like think, oh, I still like this guy, so I kind of want to root for him, but then I kind of don't know. So like, I can see him doing that. I do hope. I do hope. I really do hope he gets. Um, he is in the next film, but I have a feeling that he won't be. I don't know why. They could do a kind of Thor plot where T'Challa's so preoccupied outside of Wakanda that his hold on Wakanda becomes a threat because he's not directly there. Yeah. So wouldn't aren't they like? 14 tribes or something but we only saw like um, a... there's five. Oh, I thought there was there's more. five there was yeah there's five and the Jabari tribe were the ones that weren't like loyal to the oh okay to the Black Panther or whatever so I guess there could be conflict within there mm. um, and then sticking with superheroes as we tend to uh, Kristen Wiig has been confirmed as the villainess for uh, Wonder Woman 2 is that Cheetah Cheetah right. So what do you think about Kristen Wiig? Because people are saying, oh, comedic actress, like... Who's Kristen Wiig? She's in Bridesmaids. She's, um... She she's in a lot of... She's in Anchorman 2. Um, I can't really picture her. No? no? If I get a picture of yeah. her up, I guarantee you'll know who she is. No, I don't know, as you know. <laughs> no? I actually don't know who that is. No, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. She's thought... in a lot of, like, comedy... Okay. Comedy films. Um, what else was she in recently? Um, Downsizing. Oh, okay. Who is she in Downsizing? The, did you see Downsizing? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen She was it. Matt Damon's wife. Was who, she? Oh, okay. Who, who doesn't get oh, okay. downsized. Yeah, she was alright, I guess. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess this conversation won't go <laughs> Yeah, no, I've got, I haven't got anything against, like, obviously, I haven't got anything against them, but I don't really know the actress very well, and I don't know Wonder Woman characters very well, so, you know, I imagine she could give it a good go. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, where do we? What do we think is going to happen in the second Wonder Woman film? Well, I, I like I like that they haven't that it's a female uh, villain. female villain as well. Yeah, because there's only there's only been one Hela. Hela in, in these superhero genre films. Yeah, that Scarlet Witch was for about five minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. Um, I think they're still going to keep it as a period piece. I think it might make it Cold War. Okay. Rather than I can live with that. Because I don't think. They're ready because there's so much of Wonder Woman up until you see her in Batman vs yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah. So I think that'd be a mistake to. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah, I like that though. Like how she affected different, different wars and stuff in different times and times and period of time, period of times, <laughs> different time periods without people like actually like spotted it. Because anyway, Superman spotted. Um, Superman, Batman spotted it was because he saw that picture of yeah. him the the thing is, oh shit, it's because she's in World War One sort of thing. So like, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I like that idea actually. If they do it like Cold War sort of thing, and especially because from what I, well, little I recall of Justice League, they didn't split off after that, did they? 
Uh, unlike, no, they... unlike Avengers, where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Go. Like, he um, basically formed the Justice League officially. Like, he uh, bought that house and made, like, the Hall of Justice. That's the whole, that whole story. So, yeah. Um, I'm still hoping that, that somehow Steve Trevor has survived from Chris, Chris Pine's character. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, he went up here into the plane. I still feel, I feel like this is they missed because I said this like ages ago when the first came out I feel they missed the plot they should have got Flash I still think this might actually happen Flash to like run back in time and save him before the plane exploded and bring him back to the future but that would That's create something. another universe right oh shit yeah maybe it would I don't know but they haven't done really done the plus plot. he was at least in his 30s in World War 1 yeah so by the time you know even if yeah, he's it was got, he's got, no, a top old man yeah it'd be like a Peggy Carter what gonna, <laughs> no because what he's going to do is um uh, oh, I don't know. Well, I'm assuming the Flash can probably do this. All you do is um, run him back in time and then grab hold of him and run back forward in time so he brings him out in the present day, isn't it? And surprise Diana. Although Diana and Bruce Wayne have a little, so that could create a little, you know. Their frisson. Yeah, little triangle of. Uh, but I like Chris Pine, so I hope they, I hope they bring him back. <laughs> yeah. I saw that scene with Chris Pine in it recently. Oh, yeah, it was an unstoppable film. Still, Did you finish watching it? Still don't finish. <laughs> it's, it's, it's boring. Do you know what? It's probably the worst, one of the worst Denzel films, Denzel Washington films I've watched. It's boring. Is it worse than Roman J's role? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just like I think they're trying really hard to make it exciting, and it's just not exciting. Like obviously this train is you know running at breakneck speed, which I get. You know that's kind of you know dangerous, I guess. <laughs> but like it's just, I just feel like the concept is super boring. Just a you know it's just a train. Like I don't I just don't fucking care. I'm, I'll try and watch the end of it, but. Pfft. Denzel, it's you get a get thumbs a, down. Yeah, get a thumbs down from from Obes over here. Well, and I'm one of your bigger fans. Well, talking of Denzel not getting his dues, mm. that leads us nicely onto the Oscars. Yeah. So the Oscar segment. ceremony happened a few hours after we finished last week's pod. We were no way staying up for that because we have work <laughs> don't to care. do. <laughs> don't care that much. Yeah, that's true as well. Um, so I guess go on. So no, on, so what were you gonna say? So I was gonna say, did you see the thing about? Um, uh, Kobe, so Kobe Bryant won an Oscar for his basketball short, uh, his anima, short animated film called Dear Basketball. And it's basically just like a four minute film with him talking about how much he loves the game and stuff like that. It's actually quite good and quite touching if you're like a basketball fan, I guess. Um, but obviously he would, it's the whole like, you know, Me Too and... Uh, Time's Up. Time's Up, all that stuff. So I think 2001 maybe, I think, or maybe 2003, he was accused of, of rape, uh, of raping um, a woman... In, I think at an away game or something like that I think he said something along the lines of I'm paraphrasing something along the lines of like they did have sex but it was consensual um, and the charges were dropped or or he beat the charges or one of the two um, and obviously people like there's loads of when I googled Oscars on the day it went and there was literally like a, just a list of things about Kobe Bryant saying oh time's up but not for Kobe Bryant da 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 and I was just like can just let the obviously, obviously we don't know if what uh, the allegations are true or false but he is technically innocent true 100% if if the law which most countries rely on to mm. kind of serve justice if mm. the some if he has not had any charges brought against him mm. and he's not been convicted of anything mm. then you can't bring up people's historical exactly. allegations if they've been proven innocent or the charge has been dropped exactly. because that's not fair yeah, you know? they're in, because they are innocent obviously we don't know because it is a kind of like in, especially in, in these situations it is his word against her word most of the time and obviously maybe 
maybe the fact that he was a huge sports star and you know stuff like that might have influenced the decision but you know there's not really a lot else you can do and I would I would I won't guarantee but I would make a good bet that a lot of the people who were complaining about it probably didn't even know that he was involved in that beforehand because I only found this out the other day yeah I didn't know about that I don't know so yeah I mean it's it's a bit congratulations to him by the way Winning. Yeah. First, first try. <laughs> Must be pretty pissed off at other people. Like, actually, this guy's just come along. <laughs> He's like a national basketball star, one hundred or won plenty of awards and championships. Says, oh yeah, let me fuck it, let me just try and win an Oscar. Wins the first go. Oh, I'm done. I'm out. But, yeah, good for him. <laughs> well, let's go through the major Oscar winners, yeah. um, and we can kind of refresh who the other nominees were. So my sister was livid that the greatest show didn't win anything. She was livid. <laughs> Really? It's hilarious. Well, <laughs> she actually like, she loved the film. The only thing it would potentially have won would be Best Song, mm. which I think was won by Coco for yeah. Remember Me. And that's a pretty... It's a good song, but I actually prefer, I prefer Poco Loco. <laughs> Poco Loco. I've, still got, I've got that on my phone still. <laughs> but yeah, that song's better in my opinion. But yeah, so carry on. Thank so you. I guess the big big one, Best Picture, mm. was won by uh, Shape of Water. I think we expected that. Yeah, I thought it would because it's more of a, you know, it's it's a fairy tale, but mm. it's like an adult fairy tale. And it's mm. very kind of. How would you, in terms of genre, how would you describe it? Because my sister asked me, and I just said it's like a fantasy romance, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's a fairy tale. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. like pure and simple. Um, you know, it's set in like Cold War. It's like the the colouring is very kind of blue and mm. and it, it just looks a bit magical and mystical mm. and obviously the the romance between a woman and a, a fish <laughs> merman which people don't seem that bothered don't by don't care <laughs> I, just find it, I find it so weird that people don't care and it just makes me like the more, the more films I watch or the more content I watch I just realised the human race is actually quite perverse yeah. it's like like in Red Sparrow with, I, with when, Jennifer Lawrence yeah. kissing her uncle and yeah like, I was like what <laughs> yeah and he kissed them back, and I was like, "What? What's, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, thank you. I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna bring it up, but yeah, it's a bit like buzz, man. okay. And then, and then the academy, like, yeah, yeah, incest, woo, yeah. you know, it's no, bestiality, kind of yeah. It's Game of Thrones, mate. I know. It's Game of Thrones. I know. But so I guess that was worthy winners. It was up against uh, Call Me by Your Name, Darkest Hour. I still never watched Call Me by Your Name. I was supposed to watch it, but It'll probably be out on DVD soon. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, and Three Billboards. So I think it was pretty much between Shape of Water and Three Billboards. Yeah. It was, that's not, I'll say it again, I've said it like the past four, four or five episodes. The category's not strong in no. my opinion. I mean, opinion. last year was really strong. It was really, very strong, but I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe we'll look back on it and think, oh, actually that film was really good. But, you know, I've, I've obviously I've seen all those films apart from Come By Name, I think. And, you know, they were all good. No, none of them were bad. They were all good. But I wouldn't say anything of them were great. Outstanding, they yeah. Outstanding. Uh, best Actor was won by Gary Oldman, which, mm. again, was no real surprise. Um, up against Timothee Charlemagne for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel, Esquire. Mm. Um, I think, you know... I thought he was really good. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think the film was amazing. I didn't think his perform. I mean, his performance was just a lot of speeches. Right. I feel like, to an extent, you know, I think Gary Oldman was a very good actor, 
And I feel like this is again one of those like culmination ones. It's mm. like as he had never won, he's never won no. before. It's oh. like oh, his body of work was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, has, yeah. has kind of contributed. Do, do you think that's fair? No, I don't think so, mm. because they have like lifetime awards for that. Mm. You know, they give it to like Jackie Chan because he's a great act. Well, he's ha- he's been a lot of like, successful films, but maybe not the sort of films that get Oscar nominated, but. And again, with like Leo DiCaprio, like yeah. he deserves to win an Oscar, but yeah. not for The Revenant, in yeah. my opinion. Um, so, and you, there are instances of actors having won Oscars and the rest of their films are crap, or mm. you know, a lot of their films aren't great, like Nicolas Cage. So, what do you win an Oscar for? Uh, I think a film called Raising Arizona, which oh. I've not seen. Mm. I think. Have you seen the trailer for? Um, oh, you might not have, because it was before Game Night. But it's called Mum and Dad. Yeah, I've seen the. Have you seen? It looks bloody weird. I like, it's mental. It, 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 I really want to see it. Yeah, that looks <laughs> bloody strange. So if anyone doesn't know, um, basically it's this film about I don't know what happens, but all the parents in I don't know if it's in the city or in the neighbourhood just start wanting to kill their children, and the trailer just shows um, Nicholas Cage and who plays the mum? Linda. No, Selma Blair. That's it, Selma Blair. Just start going nuts trying to kill their children, and they're like, it's just super weird. But yeah, I might go and watch it because it looks. Kind of interesting. I'm in Bromley. Is it? Yeah. This is like I'm getting on your hype with the fuck Beckham Odeon thing. Like, who schedules the films for that? Because it's just the most genetic. You know, there's no diversity of. They're still showing Greatest Showman. <laughs> it came out on Boxing Day. And they're still I showing. Know. Almost three months later, it's crazy. Who's the- paying for this? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Um, so then actress in the leading role was won by Frances McDormand for Three Billboards uh, again probably not a surprise up against no. Sally Hawkins for Shape of Water Margot Robbie for I, Tonya Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird and Meryl Streep for Big Meryl Streep um, that's probably deserved I would say yeah and she she had quite a powerful way of uh, kind of supporting the Me Too movement, movement because when she accepted her award she asked every female who had been nominated to stand up oh, um, and there wasn't she didn't explain why but I think it was uh, people said it's potentially to highlight how few people are nominated you know question oh what was this every female who been nominated for any category yeah I think so okay in the Oscars okay, cool. why what were you going to say thought, <laughs> I thought it was just for her category and I would, oh, say, because and I would say no because I would say if, it was, if I was one of the women who got nominated but didn't win I wouldn't want to fucking stand up I'd be like <laughs> fuck you I didn't win I'm not standing up I'm pissed me off but yeah okay I get, I get the sentiment uh, actor in supporting role was won by Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards uh, against Christopher Plummer for not being Kevin Spacey <laughs> Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water Rudy Harrelson for Three Billboards and Willem Dafoe for your favourite The Florida Project I would have given it to Willem Dafoe to be, to be honest yeah yeah he was the best thing about that film but that's a, I think that's a really weak category that one personally yeah I mean I really like Richard Jenkins performance in The Shape of Water I mm. thought he you know encapsulated like his role is like a closeted gay man in the 60s or whenever it was set. And, you know, he, he was a very sympathetic performance. Um, Woody Harrelson, again, you know, but I think he was nominated basically because his character commits suicide. You know, that's like a dramatic yeah, bait yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and Christopher Plummer, basically, because he turned his performance around in about three hours. <laughs> Actress in a supporting role was won by Alison Janney for mm. I, Tonya, which I think was very well deserved. Mm. Um, she was up against Mary J. Blige from Mudbound. Les- huh? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Leslie Manville for Phantom Fred, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Who's Laurie Metcalf? See them on? Uh, yeah. 
That's actually that was good. Um, interesting fact is Leslie Manfield used to be married to Gary Oldman and they have a son together. And so this boy, his, both his parents were Oscar nominated on the nice. set. It's like, Decent. he better become a sick actor. He probably was a disappointment. <laughs> That's how it goes though, isn't it? Like even like, to use a football term, if you're like, normally, like the sons of famous footballers aren't great footballers. Yeah, or they're never anyone brother. Was, yeah, or they're never anyone who was good as their dad. Like, so Justin Clivert. Can, can you think of any actors who whose dad whose dad was good and the son's really good as well? Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. His dad, Donald Sutherland. Who's Donald Sutherland? Uh, he? He's a he's an old actor, but he oh, he was in a TV show called like Dirty Sexy Money or something. He's been in a few films. I don't think I've heard. Of and then Dakota Johnson, who's in Fifty Shades. Her oh. dad is Don Johnson. He's in a lot of like. Okay. Um, He's in a couple of Tarantino films. He's in that brawling cell block 99. Okay. Um, Jaden Smith. <laughs> yeah. Weird. He was good in um, Pursuit Happiness when he was like five years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there are a few, quite a few examples, but yeah, certainly. Mm. Like I think Clint Eastwood's son is oh, yeah. appearing in films, but not, you know, not leading roles. Isn't he directing a film that's coming out very the 15, soon? 17 to Paris or something. That's it. That's yeah, it. yeah. That, was that Clint Eastwood doing it? Clint, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently that film's not very good. I wanted to see it, but yeah, I heard the reviews went great, so... And it, it was, it was, that, it was like, about a terror incident on a train. It was... I thought it was about... Oh, okay. Like, what are you... Thinking? I thought it was about... Do you remember uh, a couple of years ago when that uh, that thing in France, the, you know, with the football, when, when um, France were playing football and they had the bomb and people were, like, running around and shit. And that, in, like, 2015. I think it was 2015. Was it? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I Maybe it was that. I just, assume, I just assumed that it was about that. It was about some sort of terror incident. Right. But I know that he got the people who... So the cat, rather than pl- have actors play the people, they got the people back to play themselves. Oh, really? Yeah, which apparently doesn't work. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I can't imagine it would. No. Why would you want to relive that no, sort of incident exactly. as yeah. well if you're, a, that's weird. if you're a survivor of that? That's weird. Um, so, yeah, I think I mean, that's... None of them are actors as well. So yeah. Just not going to turn up. So that's a bit of a misstep. Yeah. Um, and probably, which I think... I, sorry, I admire the the uh, thinking outside the box though with that, <laughs> but obviously it's, it's not a very good idea. But I admire the thinking <laughs> behind it. Um, best animated film was won by Coco. Jeez. I feel like this is always like the least competitive category because yeah. you've got the likes of The Boss Baby and Ferdinand in there. I heard Boss Baby was terrible. Yeah, I think it's Chris said it was. Terrible. I think they just they're like oh. Let's think three animated American films that came out in the last year and will Oscar nominate them. Like, I'm surprised they didn't nominate that. Oh, no, that came out in 2018. Was it Early Man? Oh, yeah. That might might be up next year. I don't probably, know. Probably will be, too. But, yeah. <laughs> animated films. I don't know. Just, like, I don't, nobody really cares about animated films because nobody really watches them. No, well, people who vote for Oscars don't probably don't regularly watch animated films. I don't think, anyway. That's why nobody gives a shit. But then, aren't the, the Academy is made up of hundreds if not thousands of people in the industry mm. and some of them surely would have worked within animation mm. whether voice acting or which Chris doesn't view as real acting yeah. or he uh, said, <laughs> he said, I listened back to an episode I know, ago. tweak and he said oh, it's not acting it's voicing <laughs> I was like what I remember because like this is right I remember because I think I made. I think you were, we were talking about if um, voice actors would win Oscars or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like, or, or, those, or, or people who were in animated films, some of that. And I said no because people don't really like animated films. And then Chris kind of like latched onto 
my point. He kind of agreed with it and then said, oh, yes, because they're not really actors. And I was like, mm, don't associate me with that point because I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny, man. I, need to, I want to listen back to the episode again. That was jokes. Shout out, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, best director was won by Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Um, which I guess considering it won Best Picture yeah. is, you know, well-deserved. Um, the other nominees were Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom... Why do I keep saying Phantoms? <laughs> Phantom Thread. Uh, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Jordan Peele for Get Out, and Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Um, again, interestingly, I think it was Emma Stone um, handed out this award, and well. she highlighted that Greta Gerwig was the only female nominated um, I think she said like the four male nominees and Greta Gerwig or something like that. Oh, okay. um, and someone, I can't remember who, so apologies for not being able to give you credit, but they mentioned that Jordan Peele and Guillermo del Toro are people of colour mm. in the sense that they're not white Americans. Mm. So is that doing them a disservice, do you think? But I know Me Too and Time's Up is about female equality, mm. but surely the conversation at these things especially as not very long ago there was oscars so white yeah does it does the conversation need to focus on equality overall whether that's in terms of sexuality gender or race because mm. by kind of combining jordan peele and guillermo del toro a black you know an african-american and a mexican mm. with two well a brit a white british and a white american person that's a bit unfair do you think or... I think it is, but obviously, I, I, I would say that the women's movement is kind of like, in terms of um, hierarchy, for lack of a better word, it is prob- probably does go white men, other men, and then women. So if, if, if for her, for, you know, for, for all women and women empowerment and all that stuff, she wants to kind of like promote women ahead of, you know, People, men of other colour then I can I, I can see it because I, obviously I'm not a woman but if I was a woman I would be like yeah let's get us let's get ourselves above, above <laughs> an equal let's get ourselves an equal footing to, to men obviously you want everyone to be equally and everyone to be diverse but in reality I think they are behind men in general by quite a bit okay I so I think for her to go so you think even like a white woman is behind a black or latino or asian man in in a western uh, society uh, probably okay probably yeah i think mm, yeah i think so yeah okay yeah uh actually i should mm. i wait till we talk about red spire okay so we should highlight that because it was International Women's Day the other day, so happy International Women's Day for any female listeners and all listeners, um, we are going to do a bit of a focus on kind of female-led film and TV this episode. Mm. We were hoping to have a female guest on, but unfortunately that hasn't happened. Unfortunately, unfortunately she's watching something. She's watching... Oh, no, sorry, she's being a recluse. <laughs> she's being a recluse. Sorry, Obi, I'm being a recluse. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So... To talk about female films and TV, you have got two males. Two males. So, sorry we... we but realize... I grew up around loads of women, so... Of know, course. I'm, I'm basically... We, we, we realise that our <laughs> take on things may not be completely no, representative or, you know... But, but... What can we do? This is... Exactly. Yeah, this is your average critics. And we want you to get involved with our conversation, so if you 
got if you disagree with any of our points, if we've missed out anything important, then do tweet us at YSC Podcast 17. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, and iTunes under your average critics. Um, and before we move on to that topic, I just want to shout out Jordan Peele for winning an Oscar yeah, for man. Best Original Screenplay. Good um, I'm not sure whether the screenplay was great, but it's obviously a very important. He's the first black person to win mm. an Oscar for screenplay. So, mm. you know, that was well deserved. And I'm glad that got out, uh, got out, get out, <laughs> has got some recognition. So, um, so let's talk about Red Sparrow. So uh, this is the film which I should have invited you to, Soz, um, <laughs> but you've seen anyway. So it's Jennifer Lawrence. She plays uh, a Russian ballet dancer, who, Dominica, Dominica um, who after a kind of freak accident is no longer able to be a ballet dancer. Mm. She's got a creepy uncle played by Matthias Schoenatz and he works for the Russian kind of secret service. It's not the KGB. I don't know what they're called now. Um, but he kind of recruits her as a sparrow, which is essentially, um, uh, you know, attractive people or people who can manipulate their subjects mm. through seduction or mental kind of manipulation to mm. kind of ascertain information. Um, and then on the American side, you've got uh, Joel Edgerton, who is an Australian. Um, oh, is he? He's Australian, uh-huh. yeah. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, who works for the CIA and it's his whole kind of twists and turns. He wants information from her. She wants information yeah. from him. That's the bit I didn't like about about the film, to be honest. I was I was with it. I was like, yeah, this is decent. And then when it got to like maybe an hour and a half in, I was just like, it was like a twenty five minute period. Where I was like, okay, well, what side is she on? I was so maybe that's the point of the film. Yeah. I was so because of throughout the film, obviously she does her training and stuff, and they send her out. So there'll be spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, yeah. They send her out to go and um, uh, seduce seduce um, Joel Edgerton's character. What's his name? In the uh, Nate. Nate. They, go, Nate they, Nash. they send Dominica to go out and seduce Nate. And I was like, okay, cool. And then from like the first minute, she like, she does the thing where she um, she signs into that like, porn, she gives her her real name. Yeah. Not, not her fake name. So I was like, yeah. Okay, I didn't really get that. And then there was a little holding it back and forth, and I just got super confused as to what side she was on. I really maybe that's the point in the film, like to yeah. keep you guessing. But I really, I was honestly, I really don't know what was going on. And even the whole swan thing, even that went over my head. I was like, what is happening here? And then that woman got run over. I was like, bloody hell, <laughs> it was all happening. I was like, oh my god, I'm so confused. But yeah, go on. see, I actually really like that because I found it really unpredictable. Right. So yeah, so she gets she she does her training as a sparrow, and then she gets sent to Budapest. And basically, Nate Nash has a mole within the Russian Secret Service, and he he gets into a situation where they were almost found out. He manages to distract the the um, Russian Secret Service from finding out who his mole is, mm. and then he escapes to Budapest. Hence, why uh, Dominica, um, I can't remember what her fake name was, but like Catalina or Cat- something. Yeah. Like that. Um, so then she basically wants to seduce him to find out who the mole is. Mm. Then, because she's being manipulated by her uncle, in like a weird, that's a really weird kind of perverse relationship there, but um, she basically wants the protection of the US government. Mm. So then she, she sort of works like, yeah. Yeah. And I was really, I was confused, but Mm. in a, in a good way Mm. for me, because even towards the end, I was like, um, so there's a point where, she seduces 
Nate and um, but then she's got a tail on her from the Russian Secret Service mm. and then when she wakes up one morning after having slept with him Nate's tied to a chair and is basically oh, she ties him up she sees him being oh, strangled yeah, yeah, yeah. and she ties him up so then so, you think okay she's on their side exactly yeah. and then she, <laughs> she yeah. double 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 yeah. double crossing mate there was that quadruple crossing in this film it was ridiculous <laughs> but I found it really I found it really entertaining because I wasn't sure which side she was on and even yeah, even right at the end so she finds out who the mole is mm. um, and but then she which I found really clever is that she when she tells the Russian secret service president um, she says it's her uncle and then yeah. you realise throughout the whole film she's been planning she's been planting different start. evidence I like, I like, yeah I liked that I and liked then that. so she not only saves the mole's life but she kills her uncle yeah. which means that she can keep playing both sides um, and I find that really clever mm. um, but and although I'm a male I've had a lot of problems with the sexual politics within this right. because essentially like the whole point of a sparrow is, and then they're not all the sparrows are female, but the whole point is that they're supposed to do whatever their subject wants, and the focus of it is on Jennifer Lawrence. And there are numerous points where I think even her uncles, because uh, there's a, a male sparrow who tries to rape her in the shower and he beats her up, and then there's she beats him up. Yeah, sorry, that's yeah. what I meant. Um, and basically, there's like three people all telling her, "Well, you should have let him yeah. have his way with you." Yeah. And how dare you beat him up because of this? Mm. And other points where even the the foreign minister in Budapest is like, oh well, what are you gonna do for me? You know, mm. like. And I was just like, I mean, I know that. Obviously, I mean, I've heard that the director gave Jennifer Lawrence, uh, kind of veto on any scenes that she wasn't comfortable okay. with. Mm. Um, he said you can cut this if you don't want this nudity or blah 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 mm. so to an extent you would imagine Jennifer Lawrence was okay with a lot of this mm. and considering she's been violated through the the, uh, the photo hack thing um, oh, yeah. that would probably be quite a t- you know like quite a sore subject for her yeah but even for me I was a bit like it, there's basically the women are objects in this mm. like they're all I mean she's heavily sexualized in it mm. um, and it's basically you know, in numerous points throughout the film, it's like, yeah, men should be able to do what they want to you. Mm. And it's like, I was a bit, I don't know what the, the message for me wasn't anti that enough yeah. for, to warrant the amount of inclusions. I mean, even the first induction of her into being, before she even has her training is that she's raped by yeah. um, one of the foreign people and then, then he gets killed. Yeah. But she was like, he was inside me. And it's like, yeah. you know, they could have killed him long before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what I was going to say uh, uh, about 10 minutes ago about Red Sparrow is that I think they did a good job of kind of, I suppose I know they say that you, they didn't do enough, but they kind of did a good job of showing that she doesn't have to seduce these people to kind of get away. Obviously she kind of did, but she didn't like, for lack of a better word, she didn't whore herself out really. To, in terms of like getting, she was just smart. She was just smarter than everybody else, basically. Yeah. And that's how she managed to win, I guess, in inverted commas in the end, which is which was good for you know, for the film because I think it would have been a bit. Obviously, 
that it wouldn't happen, but it would have been a bit like cheap for her to just like go sleeping around and getting away with it. I kind of like how like James Bond sleeps with like bare people and like kind of yeah. has his way with everybody. But you um, must have an STD, man. Oh yeah, definitely. But um, so I wanted to ask you a question. Actually, before I ask the question, <laughs> one that I found just like not funny, but I was like, what was when you know when um the teacher at the at the, at the Sparrow School was like to that girl, yeah, suck this this Jake this gay guy's dick. And she was like, no. And she started like crying on the floor. Yeah. I was like, why are you crying? I was like, why are you crying? I found like, that bit so odd. Because they said like, oh, yeah, most people have like army training background and stuff like that. So I think she must be like a fairly, you know, yeah. strong person. She didn't see it. But then that that girl, like, because when, when the headmistress or whatever was yeah. going around saying everyone's strengths, her strength was her vulnerability. So maybe, uh, maybe that... I, thought, I thought she was saying that to, to uh, Jennifer Lawrence. No, oh. no, it was to that girl. Okay. Your innocence or your vulnerability or something. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense now. But I was thinking at the time, I was like... But again, within one of those scenes, the, she Jennifer Lawrence comes face to face with the guy who tried to rape yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I liked, like, I liked and then it was yeah. like, fuck him yeah. and the guy wanted to do it from behind yeah. she she did kind of reclaim her yeah, she did, sexuality yeah. in the sense that she, she took kind of power, stripped she it took and was like sort of yeah. yeah so I mean that again was like a I guess a reclamation of that yeah. but again I don't think there was a, for me and obviously I could never talk from a female point of view about this so we'd be keen to hear your thoughts but there wasn't enough of that mm. because there was what that one scene whereas I can think of three or four where it was kind of more the other way mm. but what was your question my question was do you think someone men or women man or woman who uses their um sexuality to gain advantage or gain power is someone who is actually powerful no i don't think so. i don't think so because i think you can very uh, a sexuality is very very uh subjective mm. so you know, obviously you seduce me easily, Obi, because you're a very attractive person. But, obviously. you know, like... Thanks, thanks, I, need, I need that today. It's all right. But not everyone, you know, there, there might be one or two people in the world, Obi, who are, you know, blind are blind to your beauty. Mm. And you might not be able to seduce them just, as easily. Just one or two. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, for one person's, you know, beauty is another person's ugly and and also that can wane with age mm. or not necessarily age or anything anything can mm. change that so i think that's not true yeah that's really what i liked about about jennifer Lawrence's character that she used her brain more than her body i suppose yeah but one thing I, mean, I might be being i don't know sexist against men here i suppose but i feel like a, a man sparrow just wouldn't work no, because I don't. <laughs> like you would not I don't work. feel like you know if a man gets his knob out, women are like, yes. yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and like, maybe it's different in Russia. I don't know, but I just feel like if a man started trying to seduce a woman the way you know this headmistress was telling the woman to seduce the men, I feel like a woman would just be like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> or and like, also I think there's, the a, police or there's a very exactly there's a very fine line between a man seducing and a man being. To exactly to presumptuous, exactly. Um, so yeah, but I did find it. I thought that all the sparrows would be female because yeah. from the trailer, yeah, so, I don't yeah, so, really remember. so I was quite it's good interested yeah, it's that good, there though, were yeah. men. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I mean, but I did, I did think the film was good. I thought the plot was kept me was like, yeah. interesting. It was a very was long strong. film, but it was like two hours twenty, yeah, barely long. But I, I never could really tell where it was going, um, and you know, if they continued. 
the series, I would probably watch another one. Mm. Do you know what I didn't like, though? I feel like uh, Nate and Dominica had very little chemistry. Yeah. I think. And he was like, it seemed he was like, by the end of the film, he was like in love with her sort of thing. And I was like, really? Like, you've had like, what, four scenes together? (laughs) And like, I suppose you awkwardly had sex in one scene, which was interesting I yeah. guess but I just didn't buy it their, their you know their love I suppose and she just she, I don't know if she actually liked him at oh, all that, yeah. I don't think she did because she seemed very cold towards him most of the time and majority of the time I thought she was just like playing him and again that's that's another really good plot point is because mm. you never know whether she actually likes him or she's just being a sparrow mm. and he also knows that she's a sparrow yeah. so yeah so true. he is he really that naive true, true you know true, true, true. so I thought again there's a lot of kind of quandary here like what's going on um i did feel like he was very underdeveloped nate mm. um because there's a point where they're giving dominica a brief about him and that yes. they say oh yeah he watches a lot of pornography and a lot of it's um threesomes of two men two and men a woman yeah. and uh, some other points about his kind of habits and i you think see that hires he hires um yeah he prostitutes prostitutes but he overpays them or something because yeah. he was guilty or something like but, that I wasn't sure whether they were lying about that because you don't see any of that no. in the actual portrayal of yeah. him. Like he seems like a really meek person, yeah. and you know I feel like if they wanted to reinforce that about him, he would have suggested another man in their relationship or yeah. whatever. But it was just kind of a really throwaway comment. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was a, it was a good film though. Good yeah. film. Would you rate it out of ten? Six and a half. Okay. Seven? I'd no, say, I wouldn't push a seven. Six and a half. I'd say yeah. I would say I would say yeah, like a, like a six and a half, seven. I think yeah, it was decent. I won't probably won't watch it again, but it was a good film. Yeah. Did you discuss Game Night last week? Yeah, briefly. Not oh, okay. There's not enough to talk about that film to be honest. Decent, well, decent film though. Okay. Well, on the subject of female sexual empowerment, yeah. you've watched uh, Secretary. Oh yeah. It's a bit of a from the archive. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 2002 the film, the film was made. So, yeah, Jeez, so that was when Lady Bird was set, so it's ancient history. Yeah, man. So, Secretary's uh, got Maggie Gyllenhaal in it, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the same guy who plays... Have you ever seen The Blacklist? Blacklist? No. Oh. But is it Christian Slater? No. Mm, I, don't, I can't remember the guy's name. But the guy who plays Raymond, Raymond Reddington in, in The Blacklist. Can't remember his name, but he weird, super weird because he he's a lot thinner and he's got hair, so it looks strange. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's about this girl, young young woman who um, just gets released from I think a mental institution, um, and I think she's got um, basically she cuts herself whenever she's stressed out, and I think the stress develops from I think her dad is an alcoholic, and he like um, abuses their mum or abused their mum. I don't know if it was, if it was like, because we only saw it, what, him push her to the floor. So I don't know if that was like a one-off or if he was like punching her up and stuff. I don't know. But you see, basically, she gets out of a mental institution and every time she gets a, she gets a little bit stressed out, she tries to cut herself or she, um, she, what happened? She was, she was boiling tea. She was boiling the kettle, sorry, to make tea, I think, or coffee. And then her dad was like drunk and he got in a rage and he pushed his mum to the floor and then he stormed at the house. So she took the kettle and, slapped it on her thigh burned herself and shit I was like fucking hell Jesus Christ yeah. so she's kind of like trying to adjust to uh, life outside the institution um, so she tries to get a job she um, goes to a college to learn how to type and stuff so she gets a job as this, this guy secretary this is um, 
I'm going to call him Raymond Reddington because I don't know his fucking name. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she gets a job at his um, law firm. When she le- when she walks in the door, there's like shit all over the place. Like ev- everything everywhere is a mess. And I'm assuming the old secretary who's just been fired is running out the door crying. Okay. So she's like, okay. That's James cool. Spader. That's it. Plays Mr. Grey. Yeah. So I thought it was a Fifty Shades of Grey thing. Ah. So, but it's not. But, um, what was I going to say? Sorry. Yeah, so she, well, yeah, she, she walks into the office and he's like, he's like just, he's like fixing his hair or whatever, whilst this woman, his old secretary's like crying and like everything smashed up, he's like fixing his hair. And then she likes, they kind of like have an interview, I suppose, which is it's not really an interview, you kind of ask her dumb questions like, um, are you pregnant? Do you plan to get pregnant? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you live at home? Do you live in a house? Stuff like that. And okay. she, obviously she answers the questions. And then he kind of like says to her, um, he just like looks her up and down and says, okay, go make me coffee. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, go make me coffee. And then she gets a job, whatever. So <laughs> she, she's like working in this place for a few a few months. At the same time, she's like seeing this uh, this guy who used to go, they used to go to school together. She's like dating this guy. And basically, um, she keeps she's making like mistakes and stuff because like she uh, they only use typewriters in this uh, law firm. It's only like a one person law firm, but they only use typewriters. And she's like making mistakes and shit. And I'm just gonna skip to the <laughs> to the interesting bit because there's a lot of kerfuffle in the middle that I just didn't really give didn't really care about. So she makes a mistake, and he's got like a <laughs> sorry. This film made me laugh. I don't know why. He had, he basically he has like loads of red pens on his desk here, and he uses red pens to correct um, like spelling mistakes and stuff like that. And he, he says to her, he's like, "Oh, you're coming to my office, sort of thing." And he's like, "Look at all these mistakes you've made," and she's like, "Oh, I'm really, really sorry." And then he's like, "Okay, put your elbows on the desk, and bend over, and read the letter to me." So she's like, "What?" And he, he repeats himself. So she starts reading the letter, and he just starts spanking her. Yeah. And she looks like she's <laughs> your face. <laughs> so That's glad quickly. Yeah, I'm I'm skipping to a bad hour in because on, first is this consensual? I mean no. Oh okay, that's problematic. Well, um, oh sorry. Let me let me um quickly add a little bit in the middle because that's quite an important bit. So he she gets really stressed out at work at one point I think because she's fucking up and people keep answering the phone. She's not sure what to do. So she gets out. She got like this little like sewing kit which she uses to cut herself, which she brought to work. And she brought it out of work and starts like uh, she starts to cut herself. And then um, Mr. Gray walks out and sees her, and he like like looking at her like what the fuck. And she just kind of like packs it all up like bed quickly and just like doesn't make any eye contact eye contact with him. Blah blah blah. blah. And then maybe like the next scene or two scenes later, they have a chat and he basically says you you're gonna stop cutting yourself from now on. Um, and then, and then the, this spanking thing happens. And, uh, yeah, so he spanks her the one time. And she looks back at him like, what the fuck are you doing, sort of thing. And then he says, read it again. <laughs> she reads it again. Spanking her, says, read it again. And she's just reading for his letter. And he's just like, fucking war, going to town on her, <laughs> on her, on her ass, yeah. And she's like, you can tell she, at this point, she, I think she's enjoying it. And then he kind of like, they kind of like um, hold hands, sort of thing. And then you, she go, goes to the toilet. And her ass is like purple, basically, from all the fucking spanking. And he's like, from all the, like, because he's obviously like exacerbated from all the spanking. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so basically, that her um, him spanking her 
and hurting her is her replacement for her cutting herself basically so, yeah. she, so she stops cutting herself and he's like you know that's the um, replacement for it I guess and um, it goes, this goes on for a while like you know the red notes I think she started intentionally making mistakes just so she could start getting spanked and shit and then at the same time as this she's like still kind of going out of her her boyfriend I guess I suppose he's a kind of a boyfriend so a bit of a moral quandary there but um, that is alright moral quandary yeah, yeah, good for me. And uh, so, what happens? So she sees her dad, and her dad, her dad fucked off like at the beginning of the film, and basically gone on a massive bender. And I'm assuming the dad's like just a like, massive alcoholic, and he ends up in hospital. Basically, she sees her dad in hospital. She gets really upset, goes to Mr. Gray's house, and is like really hesitant to. She obviously she wants like you know someone to, you know how good take care of her or whatever, whatever. But she's really hesitant to say that, and she's kind of just like standing outside his door like pouring in the rain and he's kind of like what do you want sort of thing at the same time you can kind of tell that he's kind of like just he kind of wants her to say it but he doesn't say anything either and she doesn't say anything so then she just like says she said makes up some sort of excuse and then he just closes the door on her and she goes away and then he stops <laughs> then he stops spanking her and she like trying to do everything in her power to get him just like making bare mistakes like knocking shit over i think she's um and like nothing's working basically and um, he's just like super, like properly ignoring her, and then she, I don't know why I didn't get this, but she she sees a worm in her front garden, and she sticks the worm on a bit of paper and puts it in an envelope and sends and like puts it on his desk. I don't know, I don't know. And then he opens it and sees the worm, and um, oh, I missed that bit as well. So <laughs> this was just funny. So she. <laughs> She starts like, um, she's in her room and she's like fantasizing the band and she's just got one of his red pens and she's just looking at the red pen and she's just like going to town, like masturbating and stuff like that. That was pretty funny. Um, and she like, she's like calling him up and stuff. So this guy's like very like dominant, like do what I say sort of thing. She's like calling him up, like telling him what she's having, what her mum's cooking for dinner and she's like, oh, what should I eat? And he's like, yeah, you're going to have like one spoon of mashed potatoes, you're going to have four peas and, <laughs> and like, um, I don't know, some sort of meat or whatever. And you just see her eating, like, one, there's literally four peas on a plate and one tiny scoop of potatoes. And she's eating, like, one pea at a time. And her best of friends looking at her, like, what the fuck is she doing? I was cracking up. This sounds stuff. a lot like Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, a yeah. male, like, domination in yeah. a BDSM relationship. Yeah. But, well, this is pretty much what it is. James, you have got no fucking originality. <laughs> I've never seen um, Fifty Shades, so I can't compare, but... He's a bit spanky. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so then fast forward, yeah, she does the worm thing, and he, that's, for some reason, that turns him on. I don't know why. I don't know why. Wow. So he kind of, like, gets his pen out, his red pen out, because he, uh, he gets his red pen out and circles the fucking, uh, the uh, worm, like, 13 times, which I think is a bit of, like, phallic imagery. And shout out, me, me do your 10, I know them words. And, um, <laughs> he, like, calls her into the office. And he's like, um, he, he's like, yeah, um, bend up, do the bend over thing. She bends over, thinking like, oh, yeah, he's going to spank me now. And then he's like, pull down your skirt. And she's like, what? And he's like, don't worry, I'm not going to fuck you. Literally says, don't worry, I'm not going to fuck you. Um, and she's like, okay, pulls down the skirt. Then he says, okay, now pull down your pantyhose and pull down your knickers, whatever. Does that. And he just starts wanking. <laughs> and he just starts wanking, yeah. And like, um, I, think, okay. yeah, I think he jitters on her back. What? <laughs> he just on her back, and then she like goes to. What the... website did you watch this from? <laughs> oh, it's uh, Brazzers. Um, no. <laughs> she, she like he just on the back, yeah. 
and then that's it. She was like, oh, and he's like, okay, you can go now. Just go straight yourself up and whatever, whatever. Yeah, I know. She goes to the toilet, sees the jizz on her back, and then um, she has, what has she got? She got one of one of her letters, one of the letters that have got loads of like red uh, circles on it from all the mistakes that she's made. And she just like pins it up in the toilet and she starts, starts masturbating. <laughs> she's like... <laughs> oh my God. And she's like, she's masturbating. Obviously, she keeps saying his name and she keeps saying like... <laughs> He's saying like stuff like, oh, one scoop, one scoop of mashed potatoes, four peas, and stuff like that. And then the next, there's a woman in the next cubicle who works in his company, and you're just like sitting there, like, what is going on? Jesus. And she's proper going for it. Is this a comedy film? I think it's supposed to be a comedy as well, as, a, as well as a drama. And she's there, she's, she's like going for it. And uh, yeah, she climaxes and whatnot. And. Um, <laughs> And then um, he he realizes he, he realizes he's got jizz on his trousers. This definitely wasn't a theatrical release film. <laughs> he realizes he's got jizz on his trousers and gets really angry and he's like, oh, "Fuck this, we're not doing this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, we're not doing this anymore." And um, she gets really he, he like like writes her a letter and stuff like that. He fires her because I think he thinks it too, he's like. Um, he thinks quite lowly of himself at this point because oh, I'm a degenerate. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. And um, so, yeah, she says to her, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Um, you're fired. Blah, 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 blah. And obviously she, he like smashes everything up in the office. So it kind of flashes back to the yeah. beginning when the office was all smashed up and the woman ran out of the, the, woman ran out of the office crying. So then that was her this time. So, yeah, she gets fired. Um, her, her boyfriend proposes to her even though she clearly like, doesn't like this guy. Um, and she said, she just says yes, just for the sake of it. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. She just says yes, just for the sake of it. Fast forward, I don't know how long. She may be a, maybe a, maybe a month or two. And she's like trying on this wedding dress. And she's like, oh, I don't want to marry this guy. Uh, throws the ring down on the table, runs back to the office and basically that like, professes her love to uh, Mr. Gray. And he's like not having it. He's like, um, this wouldn't like we can't do this 24 hours a day 7 days a week whatever like the whole love thing and he's like she's like why don't we try and he like uh, what does she do I don't know she says something and that, like he goes okay sit in my chair put your hands on the desk keep your feet on the floor and she's like cool and then he's like oh, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be back soon <laughs> leaves the room walks um, out to the back window so he's just staring at her through the back window watching she literally just stayed Still, hands on the desk, feet on the floor. Um, calls her fiance, I suppose, at that point, says, Yeah, your wife is, or your, your fiance is in my office. The fiance comes, her boyfriend comes to the office, and he's like, What are you doing? And she's like, Go away. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, I don't want to marry you, sort of thing. And he's like, What are you doing? Just talk to me. And he like says, Take your hands off the desk and talk to me. And he like kind of like grabs her off the desk onto the floor. And she's like, She's like, Scream, like, No! And she like knees him in the balls, goes back to the desk, hands on the desk, feet on the floor. And she's like, I don't want you. Get out. And she's saying, get out, get out, get out. And I was like, at this point, I was like, I felt really bad for the boyfriend. Because I was thinking, like, this is something that will make you, like, try and murder somebody. I'm just saying. But obviously that didn't happen. But <laughs> would have been interesting if it did. But yeah, so he leaves. We don't see him again. And she's basically just stuck at his desk. I'm sweating. It's hot in it. She's basically stuck at this desk for, I think, maybe, I think it's like three days. And she's just, like, she's, like pissing herself, not eating, barely sleeping. And it shows, like, loads of, loads of people coming to see her, like, asking, like, what she's doing and stuff like that. So like her dad, her mum, her sister, her sister's husband, 
and loads of different people. There's like a news truck is like pulls up outside and court says that she you know, she's on a hunger strike. Um, then like we, they don't know why, and he's just Mr. Graham's just like watching all this shit on the news and watch reading the newspaper, and. I think she he reads a quote that she got from a reporter, something about love and taking chances and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. So then he goes back to the office, whisks her off her feet, and uh, uh, bathes her and shit. And um, they get together, get married, and uh, yeah, live happily ever after, I suppose. But then she still kind of like does little things that she never piss him off, so she can like gets planted and shit. So yeah, and then it ends. Fucking hell, that was intense. Yeah. <laughs> How does the film treat the themes of mental illness and consent um i suppose not well <laughs> i mean mental illness i mean it doesn't really do anything for it because obviously she starts the film with them with an illness i suppose and she does by the end of the film i suppose she doesn't have it anymore i guess she doesn't, she doesn't cut herself anymore so i suppose but that's... she still has the dependency yeah, on the pain exactly so and it's to her detriment if she's willing to sit at a desk and wee herself and yeah. stuff. So I guess not very well. And then the whole men versus first woman thing, again, not very well because she's literally like, I don't know how it was after they got married, but before, up to that point before he came back and whisked her off her feet and whatnot, she was just completely dependent on this man, what he said, oh, I'm going to do what you say, whatever, doesn't matter what you say, I'm going to do it. And like, he was like, oh, you go get this letter out for me from the bin. She like jumped into a fucking... A massive bin, just like searching through the fucking things for a letter, and then she brings the letter to him. And he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I, I thought I, I remembered it on my head. I'm just throwing it back down." She was like, "Oh, okay." He sounds like a prick. Yeah, he is. He's a he's a weirdo. weirdo. <laughs> he's a weirdo. Things things about a film. I could understand why she was. I could understand her angle. Obviously, like you know, replacing the being beaten and stuff like that with um. Uh, replacing that being replacing the cutting herself, I get that, but I just don't understand why he was the way he was. I didn't really, I didn't really get it. Um, there was a woman who, like, right in the beginning of the film, who came. And I think it might have been his ex-wife. I'm not sure, but um, she looked at this at, uh, Maggie Maggie Gyllenhaal and she just shouted submissive, and I was like, oh, oh right, okay, okay. and uh, yeah. So then that was a bit, a bit weird, I guess. And he, um, Mr. Gray. Um, kept, I think he kept pictures of all of his secretaries or something like that. So I think he's done this to quite a lot of people, maybe. I think he definitely sounds like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. So I think he like basically like you know, till he, when he does what he wants to these women, like does the whole dominant submissive thing, gets bored, fires him, gets in a new one sort of thing. But then she's, I suppose this one's stuck, I guess. Uh, it sounds problematic from a gender politics point of view. Yeah, but it's two thousand two. What are you gonna do? I know. It's, it's, <laughs> I feel like there's definitely a lot more awareness about this sort of stuff, mm. you know, because I don't know what the reception was like back then, but, you know, we were discussing Red Sparrow and, like, how that was a little bit problematic, especially yeah. during the whole Me Too, Time's Up thing, so yeah. that's, um, yeah. But I suppose if from the point, because obviously, obviously the first time he did it, he, he spanked her and whatnot, obviously she didn't see it coming, so she didn't consent to it, but then after that, she, I feel like she was fully consenting to it because she was deliberately trying to get herself spanked. Yeah. So I guess after that it was okay. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, well, I won't watch, I won't watch that film again. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> um, I watched a female-led f- 
film today called Raw, which is a French-Belgian um, cannibal horror film. Okay. Um, it follows Justine, um, who is just starting her freshman year. She's in her freshman year at Veterinary College, College um, which where her sister is in her, what would the Americans call it, sophomore year? That's second year. Second year. Oh, fucking Americanisms. Um, yeah, so, but the, the key point here is that she's a vegetarian, and that's, okay. her whole family's vegetarian, that's established. Um, so, basically, part of the whole hazing ritual, you know, like the initiation into being a, a freshman, or a rookie, as they call it, is um, that, you know, they get doused in animal blood, um, cool. and they're forced to eat a raw rabbit kidney. Oh, yeah. um, everyone does it. Uh, and then when it gets to Justine's turn, um, she's obviously she says no. You know I'm a vegetarian. I don't want to eat anything to do with meat. Yeah. Um, why she wants to become a vet is never really explained. Mm. I feel like there's a suggestion it's to help animals, but that's not explored, which I think is probably to the detriment of the film. Mm. But um, anyway, she sees her sister Alexa um, or Alexa. Um, my French is terrible. Um, and you know, she says, Oh, you know, you're a vegetarian one. You, you know, did you do this? She says, Oh, I'm not vegetarian anymore, but yeah, you know, do it. Um, so she eats this raw and again, spoilers here, eats this raw rabbit, uh, kidney. And then from that point, she develops a hunger. Oh, um, doesn't she stop eating people? Yes. I think I've heard about this from before. Yeah. So, so yeah, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so she, uh, you know, she's, she wakes up the next day with this huge rash all over her and she's like itching. She gets this cream from the doctor. Um, and then, and then she starts like on the sly, like eating meat. Um, she's got a, a gay roommate called Adrian, mm. um, who kind of supports her in this and, you know, he, he's like, mm, you want to eat meat? Fine, you know, but whatever. Uh, so she does it in secret. Um, and then and then she starts eating raw chicken, which anybody knows will give you salmonella, yeah. will potentially give you salmonella. Um, so then, it, you know, the, the, throughout the film, it, it kind of escalates, gets a, escal- escalates exactly. Um, to the point where, uh, so her, she kind of rediscovers her relationship with her sister, um, and then, you know, she's, her sister's basically like, oh, you're so prudish and inexperienced. Um, you know, it's established that Justine's a, a virgin. Mm. Um, and then like Justine is a, she doesn't shave her armpits and she doesn't Basically. wax her bikini line. So Basically. Alexa's like, you know, you need to do that. So mm. she's like, I will give you a Brazilian. So she starts to give her a Brazilian. And then there's a point where the wax doesn't come off the skin. Mm. So she, Alexa gets scissors to cut it. Um, but, you know, uh, Justine feels uncomfortable and ends up, like, kicking by accident. And somehow, the scissors chop her sister's finger off. And then the sister's passed out, and uh, Justine decides to eat the finger. <laughs> at which point, Alexa wakes up. Mm. Um, What's her eating the finger? Yeah. Okay. But she doesn't, she's not like, the fuck are you eating my finger for? Yeah. So, at this point, I was thinking, I bet Alexa's also a cannibal. Mm. Um, and that it does turn out that she is. Um, and yeah, and then it just gets like progressively worse. Like, Alexa's her sister. Yeah. Right, okay. So, you know, then they start to have these, you know, they start falling out and... Uh, they have, Why do they fall out? Um, because, well, at one point, so Justine gets really drunk mm. with Alexa and Alexa takes her to the morgue. So there's a morgue nearby and there's a human body in there and she's like baiting her with the 
the body being like, oh, eat this, eat this. And it seems that uh, Justine only has the real craving for flesh when she's either drunk or aroused. Mm. Um, and within the film, they're normally kind of intrinsically linked. Mm. Um, and then someone ends up filming this baiting and obviously she gets really embarrassed because everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Um, so then she ends up trying to like beat her sister up and then her sister bites a chunk out of her cheek. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then... Um, what eats it? Uh, she doesn't, but she's like licking the blood and stuff. And then there's a point where basically Alexa shows Justine how to to feed, where they kind of dart out in front of a car and pretend to be hit and the car crashes and kills the driver and then they eat the driver. Um, Fucking hell. Is it horror film? Yeah, it's horror. In, oh, the, okay. in the sense that all this is horrific. Right, I mean, okay. It's more of like a drama. Mm. Um Coming of age. <laughs> it's your favourite phrase. Um, so, yeah. So, you know. Um, how does it turn out? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, throughout the whole film, Justine's relationship with Adrian kind of becomes a little bit flirty. Mm. Like, he's openly gay, but, you know, she's never had sex or never had experience. And I think she feels safe with him. So, they end up having sex. Um, and she tries. She keeps trying to, like, bite him. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Uh, and then, like, right at the last part of the film, she wakes up and Adrian's dead and his like, whole thigh has been eaten. Um, like, all the bone stuff's exposed. Uh, and she thinks it's her. Mm. But then she sees Alexa, like, sitting there, like, in, like, a really, like... You know when you've got a food coma? She's like that. She's like, oh, so full. Um, and then Alexa ends up getting arrested. Uh, and then the last scene is at the dinner... Why'd she get arrested? Oh, because she killed Adrian. Oh, who, who, who caught, who called the police on them? Or who called them? Who oh, well, it was like... Actually caught. That's not really explained, but I guess the oh. dead bodies, you know, they don't cover it up. Right, okay. Um, and and uh, the last scene is Justine and her two parents around the dinner table. Um, and both parents are vets as well. Mm. And uh, she's, uh, the dad's like, don't worry, it's not your fault. Um, and she's, and he goes, it's not Alexa's fault either. And she's like, what? And, and then he opens his shirt and um, he's got chunks of flesh missing, and he's like, um, you know, me and your mother made it work, so I'm sure you'll find a solution. So, you know, the implication is that through the female part of the family, they're mm. all cannibals, mm. um, or have cannibalistic instincts. Mm. And Yeah, I thought that was quite a good twist. But for me, the film, it was very, very well received when it was released, but I was a little bit disappointed because... And it's, gonna sound, it's not as gory as you might think. Mm. Like, a lot of the stuff is implied or there's very little sight of people eating other people for probably obvious reasons. Mm. Um, and I understood the allegory of it. So when Justine... Again, like with that film Veronica I talked about last week, the more she develops sexually, the more kind of cannibalistic craving she has mm. and they get like you know that's quite a well-worn trope is you know when the woman becomes sexual she's yeah, well, dangerous yeah. and you know actually and there's lots of films like teeth and uh even to an extent like the alien franchise is about the woman the sexual woman consuming the male like, mm. like literally mm. um but i think there was a, there was a lot of that was a bit underdeveloped so like a lot of the characters are quite underdeveloped and um, in a really 
morbid way, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of the extreme side of things. Um, but you know, it's quite it was quite a good film. The the allegory works, um, whether it's not particularly original in that respect. Mm. But uh, yeah, I would as a female as a female led film, it was it was good. Yeah. Um, you know, it was there was no, no kind of problematic issues from any sort of sexual point sounds, of view. It sounds weird. <laughs> it was. It, it, when was it, it made? Last year. Last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a uh, Mark Commode's film of the year. Okay. Which uh, shout out anyone who listens to uh, Wittertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously this podcast better. But um, yeah. So, what would you say is your favourite female-led film or TV? franchise um and do you think that there is becoming more parity in terms of you know female-led pieces mm. of work well my fate i don't know because i i feel like i feel like i watch more female-led shows than the average male i think i 100 percent agree with that yeah so you watch things like getting away with murder and yeah i had to go with murder scandal Obviously, I used to watch Charmed back in the day, Desperate Housewives, The 100, The Good Wife. All good TV shows, actually. Um, what's my favourite? Um, I'll tell you what, the first two seasons of The 100 were really, really, really good. But it's kind of gone a bit downhill since then. And same had to go with murder. The first two seasons are really, really good. But then it's gone kind of downhill since then. So my favourite... I don't know, I'm going to say my favourite is Desperate Housewives. Okay. Because it always kept me guessing. I was yeah. Like, There's always some sort of mystery, and I was like, oh, okay. What's, <laughs> what's happening? What's happening this week? But yeah. So yeah, that was that was a good one. I, I, when, I went, when I went to uni, I literally binged like four seasons of that in about four weeks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that series. That series is good. Um, the good wife I never actually finished, but apparently it, it, was, it was good. It's a strong finish. But then like even like. A lot of these things, actually, I watch and then I get, like, a few seasons in and, then, and it kind of, like, sort of wanes. What about The Good Place? Yeah, actually, yeah. I suppose, yeah, it's, that's, that's female. Um, the Good Place is good. I don't think it's my favourite, but it's good. Like, I, I rarely watch... I feel like I watch a lot more... Maybe, maybe it's just because I watch a lot more male programmes than female. I don't know. But I rarely watch female programmes, female programmes that are crap. Okay. Whereas there's a lot of male programs where I'll watch a couple of episodes and oh, this is rubbish. Is that maybe because there just simply are a lot more? So the percentage, probably, like the likelihood yeah, of probably. Because we start, did we both start watching that Queen of South? Queen of South. That mm. was that was a bit. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Okay. But what? So of the female-led TV, what sort of TV you watch? Do you feel like the 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 types of characters, the types of genre? Are they different enough, or are they, you know, is it quite similar in a sense? That because the example, you know, because I, I don't know what they're like, but I feel like things like How to Get Away with Murder and The Good Wife, and the portrayal of the, is it Jessica in Suits? They were like Jessica, yeah, sorry, yeah. you know, yeah. the the vision of a successful female woman mm. might be quite similar. Um... Yeah, there are similar aspects, but I think Jessica from Suits, in comparison to you know the other characters, I feel is much more underdeveloped than the rest of them. 
Okay. Probably because um, so she's like, not the lead. Yeah, because she's not the lead. But like, whereas TV shows like The Good Wife and Scandal and How to Go with Murder, actually, in particular, they do very well to make their characters more well-rounded and show, like... So, obviously, they have massive strength, but they also have massive weaknesses as well. So, like, the last season of How to Go with Murder... Well, last season in a bit, How to Go with Murder is basically, like... Um, Annalise Keating, who's played by um, Viola Davis, basically, she's, like, she's like this massive, like, rich, like sick lawyer, basically. And, like, she diver- she basically becomes an alcoholic, like... In season, in season two, start season three, and basically her reputation just goes like down the toilet, and she's like continuously like struggling. She has to like go to therapy and stuff like that to help her addiction and stuff like that. And it kind of shows that like okay, she's not just like superwoman. Like she's actually like you know got flaws, and she has to work on herself. And you know she's not always the most likable character and stuff like that. Same with Scandal as well, but to a lesser extent. So I think they do well in that, in that way to kind of like show that this character has depth. But how are these women presented um, in terms of the, you know, the, the costumes they wear? Because, and again, my frame of reference is not mm. very wide, but from suits, things like that, all the women seem to wear quite, they're all slim and they mm. wear tight fitting dresses, you know, like office attire. In a sense, they're not sexualized, but they are definitely accentuated. Um, I would agree with that, but then I watch a lot of TV shows that are quite similar, so like quite like political, you know, lawyer okay. sorts of things. So they all kind of do like wear suits and shit. Yeah. So like, whereas actually Scandal, I don't, I'm just trying to think, so the Kerry Washington Scandal, she rarely ever wears a dress. Okay. She pretty much always wears trousers. Um, so like, she's like, she's the um, exception to the rule, but I, th- I would say generally, they all do kind of wear like, you know, like tight dresses. But is Kerry Washington's character... Um, depicted as more tomboyish or anything like no, that? No, no. Okay. No. So there's a fairly, you know, there's a, a diversity within the representation yeah. of women. Yeah. And um, even like uh, something like The 100 um, and like Desperate Housewives, Desperate Housewives definitely um, plays up to like that, you know, you know, sexy housewife tile dress and all that stuff, that stereotype. That's probably the era. Yeah. Um, but um, the 100, I think, does divert away from that. Everyone, everyone, male or female, kind of dresses the same. Okay. Because of the setting that they're in, it's like a dystopian sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, there's a bit, um, bit of a disparity in that. But yeah, I would, I would argue that from the shows I watch as a whole, they do tend to dress quite similar. But I think that's more down to the genre that I watch rather than the, the females. You know. The obvious one that comes to my head, and probably more because it's season two has just been released, so it's top of mind, is um. Uh, Jessica Jones so the, okay. Net, the Netflix superhero yeah, yeah. one I'm not saying it's my favourite I'm just saying yeah. that's probably the one that is most uh, I never actually finished I haven't finished in my memory I haven't finished season one yet it's alright I mean I haven't started season two I'm mm. sure Chris probably hasn't we can talk about it next week but um, I find it interesting how I feel like her character is actually quite typically what you would expect from a male mm. so she's a yeah, private yeah. eye I agree, private yeah. eyes are always alcoholics they're always <laughs> have failed sexual relationships yeah. but you know she's quite uh in charge of her sexuality especially in the first season with luke cage um she does have like issues like opening up and basically just breaking down those gender stereotypes um which I think you know is, is quite is good is good. I'm not saying you know I'm not saying Jessica Jones is a great TV show because I don't. Yeah, I think it's good, but it's okay. not amazing. Yeah. I'm sure there are better examples out there, but um, you know it's it's 
it's definitely a, a good a difference in the mm. way that that females are represented um but then what about films so we've spoken about what three there yeah. two of them all of them about sex in one way or another yeah i um, think yeah that, that's quite bad when you think about it um i, I, I was actually saying i was saying to you earlier that I'm actually struggling to think of film in terms of films. I watch a lot of female TV shows, but I've probably watched a lot of female-led films, but none of them have stuck in my memory that I can think of anyway, really. Yeah, well, we've got, okay, let's think of the last year, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, But that is a pre-existing property. Mm. Um, Then you had the film Jackie. With, oh, um, yeah. Wait, which film? Oh, with um, Jackie Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. There was um Hidden Figures. Yeah, Hidden Figures. Hidden figures. Uh, oh, that was good, actually. That was really good. Atomic Blonde. Yeah, I, I didn't actually watch that, but yeah. That wasn't very good. No? Well, it was, nah, that wasn't great. Oh. Um, be, I was trying to think, like, what would be my favourite? I, I probably should have thought of this beforehand, but I genuinely can't... I found Black Swan very good. Yeah? At the time I watched it. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's about kind of developing sexuality and mm. stuff. Like, the only one out of the... Th- few that we've mentioned where you know atomic blonde there's kind of sexual scenes within that as well mm. hidden figures is the only one out of those examples mm. that where it's it's about their intelligence yeah. um rather than their body mm. i liked honey <laughs> that was good have you seen honey um no is that just, like a dance just, just gal but yeah it's a dancing yeah again that's quite provocative isn't yeah it? i guess it's good though <laughs> um <laughs> god mm. I don't know. I think we'll, we'll have to come back to this one. I might have to take time to try and make a list of stuff. Yeah. I've, def- I've probably seen loads, but I just can't think of them right now. It's quite bad, actually, on my part. But okay. I guess, obviously, Lady Bird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lady yeah. Bird as well. And that's directed by a woman, so that's... Mm. Double whammy. Yeah. But I guess, uh, even, like, films directed by women, I've seen very few, mm. considering... And th- I know there are It's very few as well. But on the whole, like I can't think off the top of my head of very many female directors. Mm. And I know the film you'll never really hear is directed by a woman, but I wouldn't have known that unless I'd seen a film by Lynn Ramsey. Yeah. So yeah, well, we'll definitely have to make. Hopefully, when Joe and Chris are back on the pod, we and you know if we can get a guest on, we can definitely. Uh, hopefully. Because there must be. There must more. be. There must be plenty. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, with that director and stuff, I'm not good that great at remembering like director's names and shit like that so so from what you know and watch would you say there's more to an extent more equality on TV for, for you know female led shows or um there's more equality yeah but I, I wouldn't say it was equal no 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 yeah no. but there, yeah I would say there was definitely it's more, better than def- film. yeah definitely I think so anyway but um, do you think that's because of Maybe, well, uh, it probably is down to opportunity, but is it maybe because a lot of films nowadays are all based on material that's mm. pre-existing mm. and a lot of that material is not necessarily, well, even written or created by females and featuring females. So, you know, we've yeah. mentioned Wonder Woman, but if you think of superhero films, most of them are male. Mm. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I, I'd agree with that, to be honest. Um, there's not a lot of I suppose looking back on it there's not really loads of um, 
it's obviously in comparison to men, like in terms of like source material, there's not really a lot for women to go on, like, like films to make or TV shows to make based on stuff that have been written by women. A lot of and a lot of things, a lot of lines, I would say, both film and TV that I've read by women, I'm just like a woman definitely didn't, <laughs> definitely didn't write this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like no woman, no woman would co-sign this line stuff like that. <laughs> so I do think there needs to be. Also, maybe now, maybe just maybe like. Because I would say there's almost definitely a lot more, like, you know, uh, original material coming out from women now than there was, like, say, 10 years ago. So maybe in 10 years' time, there's going to be a lot more, hopefully, anyway, there's going to be a lot more, um, you know, female-led. Yeah. Female-led thing. I know there was a TV show. Which oh, was... could you, sorry, could you, argue, could you argue that Game of Thrones maybe is a female? Or would you say that's more like a... I would definitely say that Cersei and Daenerys are... Mm two of the most important mm. arguably Daenerys you could argue oh, it's different because you could argue Daenerys is the focus you could argue that Jon Snow's focused or even Tyrion mm. um, although that film has its documented problems with true. female representation true 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 true, true. Um, very true but no yeah certainly I mean I don't obviously uh, you know we're still relatively young so mm. I don't think we've really lived through enough to be able to say there's been a shift no but i definitely think there's a lot more even in the last year awareness of issues um and disparity so that's only gonna be hopefully to the positive mm. you know um what's her name margot robbie produced i Tonya, so oh, is it yes as females producing their own works mm. um and i know that reese with a spoon and Reese without a spoon as well also have um, <laughs> <laughs> has her own production company. Um, so I guess you know we'll definitely have to do a little bit more research into this. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Sorry, women. Any women out there? But listeners, we try. We try our best. <laughs> do do definitely tweet us because we've definitely <laughs> missed some really oh, obvious yeah, 100%, ones. Yeah. I mean, of just sort of big little lies. Not that I saw that, but that's female centric. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, tweet us YC Podcast Seventeen, Facebook, Instagram, uh, under your average critics, um, and definitely, you know, tweet us examples, tweet us what you think trends are, um, where we're we gonna go, and uh, any kind of great directors or producers that we should we should uh, you know look into and, and start reviewing. Mm. Um, do you want to give us a rundown of the CW shows? Um, yeah, I will. Uh, so, Supergirl's on a break uh, while they do Legends of, Legends of Tomorrow. So I won't talk about that. Why is it on a break? Because they've only... there's How many shows is there now? Supergirl, Legends, Arrow, Flash. There's five shows now. And I think they don't want to do... I think they can they don't want to do one a day. So they kind of have to like bundle up. And basically... Um, all, yeah, they showed Supergirl, Legends, Flash and Arrow... What's from, the fifth one? Black Lightning. Oh. From uh, from when they started, so like in October, all the way up to January, then when Black Lightning came, and now our zombies come on now as well, they've kind of like had to pull back on one thing. They've put two of them on the same day. They put Black Lightning on Flash on the same day, and they've pulled, they put Legends on Mondays, and they pulled out um, Supergirl. So, because Legends has got less episodes than the rest of them, I think they're just waiting for Legends to finish, and then they're going to put Supergirl back on till the end of the season. Um, so, yeah. Legends of Tomorrow, what happened there? It was... 
you know what? I'm not gonna talk about it because episode's kind of shit. <laughs> so, is that your least favorite? Uh, nah, Supergirl's probably probably my least favorite right. to be honest. But Legend Legend of Tomorrow is very volatile. It can be really good, but then it can be really sh- like there was an episode recently. Um, I don't think me and Chris talked about it, but we should have because it was terrible. Where basically they just did this this bot. It was a bottle episode. Oh. and it was it just. Oh, it was like one of the characters was going through a time loop. So it was like ground, like a Groundhog Day sort of thing, and then in the end it was like it was all a dream. I was just like, oh, I'm just waiting. Wait. Did he used to read Word Up magazine? <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. Like, that would have made it interesting. The only way it was all a dream is if he used to read Word Up magazine. Honestly, it was salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. I was gonna start. We can't keep. We can't do. We can get copyright in it. <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, like it was just a waste of forty-two minutes of my life. Oh, I was, dear me! Like, honestly, it was such a waste. And then this week's episode was, you know, it was all right, but it was nothing special. But um, Wally West from The Flash has now joined Legends of Tomorrow because basically, what what wasn't being used on The Flash because um, it t- having two flashes would make it really easy to capture the villain. <laughs> okay. So um, so in Flash, actually, actually, Flash was actually a really good episode in a season that's been kind of. Average, I would say. What's the overarching plot of this season of Flash? Because it's not a speedster villain. It's not a speedster. It's this guy called The Thinker. But I don't. We're fifteen episodes in, and I don't know what his plan is. I don't know what he want. I don't know what he. You wants. don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> literally, I don't know. What he's, I don't know what he's thinking at all. But he's he, the ponderer. Literally, he. So he's um, his body was um, he uh, his brain was like so like overcapacitated that it was that it wrecked his body basically and basically he's been body hopping from pe- uh, from people person to person in the last few episodes so now he's uh, this woman this no yeah this this woman who used to be a country singer um, but and like all these people who he's been body hopping from all had like um, like met human power so now he's like, gained all their powers as well and stuff like that so, oh, okay. so he's like super strong but at the minute he's, at the minute the villain's a woman but it's a man inside a woman's brain okay so yeah he's doing all that but he was actually in this episode um, this episode, ha- so it st- the the start of it was actually really um, exciting. So it starts with like the flash like running to his wife Iris, and he's like crying and sweating, and she's like, "What's wrong?" And he was like, "I can't save us." And then they just look at the screen, and they're both just like, <gasps> and then it then it starts. Um, like the title screen happens and it starts, and then it goes like back in time. And basically, what happens is um, the flash has to stop a nuclear bomb um, okay. from going off, and basically he's like running so fast that he can like pull other people into his fastness if that makes sense like people yeah. who, are, who aren't speed like slipstream yeah exactly so he's like trying to like get up like how do we how can i fix this people are like, oh shit i don't know and then basically he's just like going through all the options like trying to um uh, sort out his nuclear bomb obviously we know that you know because there's like five episodes left so we know that the bomb's not going to go off. But they did work to keep it, like, you know, nice and dramatic. In the end, his wife comes up with a solution, like, something to do with, like, throwing, like, going into the speed force and throwing, like, a lightning bolt at it or some, some, some stupid shit like that. But um, it was very interesting. However, I feel like it's very problematic because he literally pretty much did maybe, like, an hour's worth of stuff in the space of, like, maybe, like, eight seconds. Eight real second time. Right. So he's running so fast that he can do all this shit and still come back in his own like 10 seconds later. Okay. So my problem now is that I can never, well, realistically, I should never be able to see um, the Flash not be fast enough to do anything. 
because yeah. he's so fast. Now. Like he is like stupid fast. So any anything now he should just be able to beat by running because like he I can, I should never want to have to hear him say oh I'm not fast enough. I'm like yes you are. Like and even that three episodes he ran to China in back in like five seconds. So you know. I'm gonna see how they will have. I'll have some critiques that I'm sure. In yeah, I feel like you know a lot of programs kind of obviously with suspension disbelief and all that. But they play within their. You've got to set your own rules exactly. within a kind of universe. Exactly. And you have to stick to them, otherwise it's like. What's the point? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, that was that. That was a good episode though. I didn't really do a good job of explaining it, but it was kind. Of, that was kind of bottle episode as well, I would say. But yeah, that was decent. Um, shame. Um, <laughs> Uh, Arrow Arrow um, so they've kind of like there was like kind of been like two villains this season they've got rid they just killed one and now we've kind of moved on to the other one who I think is more interesting because the other one was kind of like some hacker and that what it was kind of boring this guy's kind of like a street a businessman like a brawler sort of thing yeah. so it's a lot more I think his name's Richard Diaz so it's a lot more interesting and um, so he gets he tries to capture one of the um one of someone who used to be in the Arrow team like two seasons ago, and he gets him, he's like beating him up and trying to get him to um, uh, be a witness against uh, Oliver Queen, who's the Green Arrow, and say, Oh, yeah, Oliver Queen's the Green Arrow to try and like, get him to go prison and stuff like that. And basically, they spend the, the whole Arrow team spend the whole episode trying to get him back because obviously, like, you know, they're friends and they love him and stuff like that. So that was, that was a decent episode. Um, and then what was the other episode that I watched? Black Lightning. Oh, I'll wait till you watch Black Lightning because I think it's actually a very good episode. So Well, we can talk about episode about, yeah, last, six. Yeah, last week's episode. Is there only going to be 10 episodes? There's going to be 13. Oh, so why did they take a break after five? I have no in idea. The UK? That's so I strange. Because so obviously it's on the CW and I think obviously they only have so many slots for so many shows. So when other shows like debut in, I think they have to kind of like move around the schedule sort of thing. I don't know. Because I feel like, and maybe this was the case, actually it probably was the case in America because the episode I've just seen is where um, Black Lightning uh, has the opportunity to kill Tobias Whale. Is that his name? Tobias, Tobias Whale. Tobias Whale, yeah. But then Lynn is yeah. in trouble. Yeah. And then at the same time, yeah. uh, Anissa, Alyssa, Anissa, Anissa. Um, tr- is basically about to reveal herself as... I don't think she's got a name yet. No, she doesn't. Um, we'll call her... Well, her name, her comic name, her comic name is Thunder. Ah. Mm. Um... Yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so she's going to reveal herself as Thunder or whatever mm. to her mum. And then Black Lightning comes and thinks yeah. that Thunder is... Yeah, like an evil Yeah. Do you know what? I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that scene. However, when Black Lightning shot his lightning thing and she moved out of the way, why didn't she just go, hold on, I'm trying to save her, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. use, use your word. Use the, yeah. instead, instead, she tries to fight him. Yeah. And I was like, we did. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I thought yeah. it was a good... Because now that they know those three... Jennifer is the only one who doesn't yeah. know. But yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, I feel like Anissa's powers are just everything. Yeah, like she's like, she, she absorbs everything. She's, yeah. I was like, what? She's All we established shit. was that she could like Super stamp. strong. Like, yeah, she can like, uh, she can, uh, what's it called? Withstand bullets. Even um, Jefferson through the lining, you know, she could pop, yeah. like, throw up a thing. So I was a bit like, okay, so, yeah, well, she, you're not establishing what her actual powers are. It just no. seems to be everything, yeah. anything and everything. Um, Gamby's a bit of a, I don't know, he's a bit of a shady character, isn't he? He's, he seems to have tutored Lady Eve. Yeah. So, yeah, um, in this episode, he becomes even more shady. Like, he's bare, like, I don't know what 
who he is. <laughs> like, I just don't like the guy as an actor. Do you not? Uh, I don't know if it's his lines or the way he delivers them, mm. but everything he says is just so corny. Mm. And, you know, I don't know, the way he just keeps saying man, I'm like, stop saying man. Mm. You know, he's like, hey man, don't kill Tobias, don't lose that part <laughs> of your soul. And I'm like, oh, what is this, a fucking soap opera? Like, it's so cringy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think actually Lynn's quite a boring character. She's a very stock character, like the mother. She's like, oh, you're... Yeah, yeah, I can see that. The, to the detriment of our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, the, I think the, act, the actress is actually English. In real is life. she? Yeah, I think so. Fair play. Yeah. Well. But no, I, I thought, I'm trying to think about what else happened. Was it, was this the episode that um, Jennifer tried to fix things with Khalil and he was like, fuck you. Yeah, Khalil was prick. He's man. a dickhead, man. Yeah, he's saying she's like a white girl with nappy yeah, hair Yeah, he, 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 he called her Becky and I was like, yeah. fuck you, man. What, what, what is that Becky about? So, um, when, um, Jay, when Jason treated Cheated on Beyonce and um, oh, so yeah, right. so one of Beyonce's songs had a line like something about Becky with the good hair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so that's a, I think that's the code for like a white girl, yeah. <laughs> basically. Okay, <fair laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought, I thought this because I was kind of getting to the point where I was like, oh, this this show is getting a bit tedious. But no, this has kind of piqued my interest again, mm. and uh, I would say this next episode will pique your interest as well. Okay, I'll, and I'll that's think. about the midway point as well, isn't yeah. it? So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, so I think, like, the way it goes, because obviously, I think it's hard to kind of have, you know, if it loads of, like, action-filled episodes, so, for me, like, the first three episodes were pretty good, and then it kind of, like, plateaued a bit, and then I think, like, so, like, the next two, three episodes would be good, and then I think it will plateau a bit, and then when it goes to, like, okay, well, we're going to ramp to the end now, so maybe, like, episode 11, 12, 13 will, will be good, but maybe episodes 9 and 10 won't be, won't be great, sort of thing, but, I don't know. I do think the action in this isn't great. No. It's very much just like... Okay, yeah. It's, I, not prolo- it's not prolonged. It's just like a couple of zaps yeah. and a couple of punches. I think it's hard. I think it's hard to do good, like, good long action scenes with someone who's got powers like his. Yeah. So, like, just, like, kind of, like, zapping people. That's kind of pretty much like all you can do. Same with the Flash, really. All you can do is run fast. Yeah. So, there's not really a lot you can do. Whereas, like, Arrow. Arrow has, like, obviously, like, Arrow and, like, like Daredevil. Even, like, Jessica Jones. We've all got like really good and sometimes quite long fight scenes and Iron Fist, even though the scenes in that weren't great. Yeah. But you know, I appreciate the hand to hand combat and all that stuff as well. Yeah, and even like Luke Cage's, the fight scenes aren't great because he just punches someone yeah. and they just go flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, okay. Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Jessica Jones series two see if that's any good. Yeah. I think Luke Cage series two comes out this year as in well. In June, yeah. I'm gonna try yeah. and finish series one. Daredevil's supposed to come out this year too. Oh really? I think so. I don't win. I wonder if they've confirmed an Iron Fist series too. Oh, yeah, I they think have. they've confirmed a Punisher series too. Yeah, they have. They've confirmed Iron Fist as well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't want to see uh, Punisher season two. No. I don't want to see Iron Fist season two, but... No. I'm more interested in Iron Fist season two than I'm, than I'm Punisher, to be Really? Honest. Yeah. I wonder if they'll do a Defenders series too. Mm, maybe, I think, but... Reckon Inhumans is getting a series too? Oh, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that series is rubbish. I think Legion season two is coming out soon as well. Oh, really? Actually. I never finished season one, but yeah, I think that's coming out soon. Infinity War is coming out soon. Oh, my God. Oh, mate. It's been moved forward a day. Oh, is it? Yeah. So the we were going to get it a week before America, right. and then they brought it forward so it's level, but now we've got a day earlier. Okay. I don't know why. But... That's, that's all right. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm hyped for that. Yeah. Although... I do worry that it's going to be a bit anticlimactic, mm. but because it's, it's this this is like kind of like a part one of two two films, isn't it? Yeah. So I feel like yeah maybe they'll kind of like cliffhanger this one. 
sort of thing. Not maybe not cliffhanger it, but you know it won't be f- finite, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm assuming Thanos survives. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bit shit if he kind of died now after all the hype. I feel like after all the hype we've heard about Thanos, he has to be like the best villain we've ever seen. Maybe yeah. not ever seen, but he's got to be at least like top three. Definitely. And I also kind of don't want them to defeat him mm. like fully. Mm. I want I want a situation where at the end of Avengers four, they reduce his strength so he has to go and hide. Yeah to come back because they've been building him up for 20 odd films yeah. and to kill him off within two would be I think quite disappointing so I think he needs to be like a constant threat mm. you know like he recharges his batteries and then comes back and eventually will be defeated but has killed X number you know Hawkeye along the way and other I like Hawkeye man happy, happy lives I like Jamie right now <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. And have you got anything else you want to um, talk about? Uh, as soon as I've got it written down, I'll just quickly talk about um, Gotham by Gaslight. Oh yeah, animation? It's animated, yeah, DC animated film. Um, it's a Batman film. So basically, basically it's your typical Batman film, but it's just set in... Uh, when was Jack the Ripper about? Oh, 17th century? Yeah, I don't so know. Set in that, so set in those times. Old. But it's basically, nice. yeah, it's a Batman film. with, And like, they, they basically like show loads of different DC characters but obviously you know they're they're not their their characters because it's like the 1700s so like you've got Catwoman Selina Kyle there Catwoman's there uh, Jim Gordon's there um, Harvey Dent um, some guy called Cyrus something Cyrus Gold who I only just found out was a DC villain um, Jason Todd uh, the other the other the other Robin comes name Tim I think wasn't there Tim, Tim Drake. Drake Tim Drake that's the one and yeah so basically it's just about um, basically, Batman invest trying to find out who um, Jack the Ripper is and trying to stop Jack the Ripper. Is it Joker the Ripper in the end? It's not Joker the Ripper oh. actually, um, but he like develops a. I just, do you know what? Because the film's only like just over an hour, there's not really like a lot <laughs> that really happens to be honest. Uh, it spends a bit of time, you know, like, kind of like setting the scene, and then obviously it shows. Oh, Poison Ivy's in it too. She's actually the first woman we see get killed. Um, okay. It's kind of bloody as well actually. Um, so yeah, Jack Ripper's just going around like killing whores and stuff, and uh, people think that's uh, you know, he's just um, killing degenerates and stuff like that. And then he kills the nun who took in Batman when he was young, and he's like, oh no, okay, now I've got him. now now it's getting real. So then he goes and starts like looking for this guy, and um, he as the nun got killed, he was in the because he he saw it coming, so he but he was too late to save the nun. So he's like kind of like um, over her body sort of thing. And some old drunk woman um, sees him and assumes that um, she's Bruce Wayne, sorry, and assumes that Bruce Wayne is the, is the killer. So she starts screaming from the rooftops, yeah, Bruce Wayne is the killer, blah, blah, blah. And she says to Bruce Wayne, like, meet me at this, this place and give me some money otherwise I'm going to tell everyone you're the killer. And he's like, fuck off. And then <laughs> that woman turns up dead. So then people ah. further suspect that Bruce Wayne's the, um, the Jack the Ripper. And he gets arrested, basically. He gets arrested... Um, not before he has sex with Selena Carr. Hold on. Um, he, uh, sorry. Yes, he gets arrested and um, he breaks out of prison. He somehow manages to break his way out of prison. And he basically puts it all together and we find out that Jack the Ripper is actually, drum roll, Jim Gordon. Ooh! So Jim Gordon has been going around. Yeah, going around killing all these hoes and um, 
he uh, like abused his wife as well. <laughs> like you look at his wife's face and she's just got like some acid face. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, like, it's like out of nowhere. She's got, uh, she got like an acid face. And um, yeah, so he's just like, he's got, he's saying that he's got to rid the world of sin and blah, 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 blah. He captures Catwoman and is like about to kill her because she's like a, um, she's a, um, she like, does shows and stuff, you know, like women's show, like, you know, where like the girls wear like, like frilly dresses and, you know, that's a seductress stuff. Burlesque. And burlesque, thank you, that's it. That's why we're here, man. So yeah, um, she does what she does, all that stuff. So he's like, oh yeah, that's um, sordid and stuff like that. So he tries to kill her. Batman obviously comes, rescues her, and then him and Jim Gordon start um, duking it out. And um, uh, Batman manages to like, he, Jim Gordon handcuffs himself to Batman so that he can like <laughs> have like his way with him, like start punching him and shit. And Batman somehow manages to unhandcuff himself and handcuff Jim Gordon to this rail thing. Meanwhile, the place that they're in has just been like set a lot on fire, so the whole place is burning, burning to shit. And um, Batman's like, "Oh, I had to pay Houdini three hundred dollars to teach me that trick." I was like, "Okay." This uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a really, really random entry into the DC yeah. animated. You know, they're setting it in like a real world yeah. setting yeah. or with real world characters. Yeah, but it's just the eighteen hundreds. It's great because I thought I thought originally that he was just gonna like travel back in time or something like that. Yeah, but it was literally just. It's literally just oh shit! It's literally just Batman, but in the 1800s or 1700s. How does it rank within the animated films you've seen? Um, it's okay actually. You know, it's not it's not bad. It's a, it's a decent film, but I would say the other animated films that I've watched so far are better. Uh, oh, sorry. It ends basically. Um, Batman wants to um, turn Jim Gordon in, but Jim Gordon basically because he's like handcuffed to this rail thing, he just like kind of stares Batman down and just steps back into the fire and lets himself burn. And he starts mm. screaming and shit. And I was like, Ooh. Yeah. Would you like to see any of these plot lines become live action films potentially? Um, not that one. <laughs> um, but uh, Batman Under the Red Hood would be really good in live action, I think. That's more like about Jason Todd and how like the Joker um, um, captured him and tortured him and stuff like that. And Batman didn't save him, so then Jason Todd comes back and he's like, like angry for revenge and stuff like that. So I think that'd be a pretty cool storyline to do. Um, the Dark was it the, the Dark Knight Returns or there was one I watched there was a two part one that I watched year one's two part isn't it that yeah but it wasn't that one. Oh, there was basically there was one where um, um, Batman and Superman were kind of like at odds sort of thing I think Green Arrow was there as well and they were like trying to kill the Joker and stuff like that and it was really interesting and I feel like that would be good but it might be a bit convoluted for um, live action but yeah I think they, 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 the animated films are actually quite good. There's still a couple that I do want to watch. There's, like, there's, there's a Suicide, Suicide Squad one coming out soon as well, I think, that looks interesting. I might give that a watch as well. Are there any Marvel animated ones? There are, but I don't really watch them. I watched like I think I watched one. And I, oh, I can't remember. It might have been Iron Man. And I didn't really like it. And I think I just kind of don't really like the look of the animation, so I just kind of stopped watching. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really uh, watch them again. There's that uh, Samurai... Batman coming out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Ninja Batman. That's that looks alright. Yeah, I don't really understand why they're doing it, but I'll watch it. I'll but then watch why it did they do Gaslight? True, 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 true. Just true. That's, a, that's a very good point. But I'll watch it all the same. Yeah, it looks it looks okay. You know, I hope. Um, I hope that. I think, no, I suppose it'll, it'll probably be checking it be in Japanese. Maybe. Probably be in Japanese. It'd be interesting if it was. Yeah, but yeah, no, that seems like it's alright. I'll give that a watch if it comes out. In I'm sure I'm sure it will come out here somewhere. And there's that Spider-Man one as well coming out as well. Yeah, um, Peter Parker. What's, what's it called? Enter the Spider-Verse or That's something, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 
That, yeah, even that the, the ad the trailer for that looked really interesting as well. Because it focuses on Miles Morales. Cause yeah, people's dead. dead. Yeah, yeah, I watched that too. I think that comes out this year. I think late late October. I think Watch that probably won't be shown at Beckenham Odeon. But <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> much is these days. No. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, please do get involved in our conversations. Whether you think any of the Oscar winners were undeserved. Um, whether you know you think it was competitive this year as last year also uh, please do educate us about kind of female-led shows female-led TV the conversations around me too and times up um, we're very keen to mm. to understand from you know kind of another perspective I bet, uh, I bet we missed loads probably probably loads we missed but then that's probably that that probably you know is symbolic of of the lack of education and awareness right. you know that two men can't mm. you know talk about this in a in a way that is probably as respectful as it should be yeah so true, 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 true. yeah hopefully we haven't you know oh, offended okay. anyone but uh... shout out another quick couple um female-led tv shows that i watched that were really good so sister sister that was great um lizzie mcguire that was sick that's a raven that was good too oh, that's a raven yeah the last two on Disney Channel, the first one was on Nickelodeon. Back in, that's, that's, that's for you, for day. you. That's, yeah, that's for the 90s. But kids, Hannah Montana, mate. Hannah Montana, oh shit, yeah, shout out Hannah Montana. Well, no, I stopped watching that, but shout out, Ketchy loved Hannah Montana. So yeah, um, for you 90s kids, um, that's a nice little uh, tidbit for you lot. Obviously, the Hannah Montana was like, what, 2005, 2006? Yeah. So that was a bit late. And Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Basically, any... Any former Disney yeah. actress. Yeah. Um, like, I, this is why I wish Ketchy, because Ketchy used to watch all of this shit on Disney Channel, all the female led shit, all the male. Get on the pod, man. I'm I actually do. I need to get both of them because they love, they love all that stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Well, tune in next week uh, when there may be more than two of us, okay. um, and hopefully we'll have our well, we did a, first wait, guest on. Okay, congratulate yourself, man. We did a good job. Two, two man in it, so sorry, man. All sweet. So if there's an audible handshake, a yeah. bit of webbing. Um, yes, yeah, so there's been in conversation with Glenn and Obi. Uh, I, I never refer to myself on this pod, do I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, tune in next week and uh, please do uh, get involved in the conversation, social media, as I've said it to death on this pod, but we're on YSC Podcast 17 and your average critics on other forms. Of social oh media. shit, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh. We forgot. Um, me uh, on Instagram asked us what he thinks the best um, power, couples. power couples are on TV. Should we, can we, do you think we should do that quickly? or I think we should wait, wait for Joe time. and Chris. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, we'll so we'll shout out Nee for, thank you for asking your question. We will definitely research uh, power couples on TV and film and uh, and kind of hopefully do your, your question justice. Um, so yeah, please do tweet us or ask us questions and we will try and discuss them to a satisfactory. <laughs> Yeah, tune in next time. Peace.